Hey-ho, hey-ho, this week on Two Down My Dudes, Marcus and I talk about Malachi Black making the kick heard round the wrestling world to close out Dynamite, plus discussion of free agents in the mix, including Ric Flair, Bray Wyatt, Adam Cole, baby, and the latest wave of NXT releases, and how do they handle such a massive roster? Juventud Guerrero returns to TNT to battle his old nemesis Chris Jericho. The juice is back, baby. Are we really seeing the end of Cody Rhodes as a wrestler? What's happening with Hangman? Why is he being hung out to dry? Hmm. Will it be Christian Cage versus Kenny at All Out? Plus, Kenny and the Elite with them Easter eggs backstage. Lee Johnson takes on Miro to the limit. AEW remaining at a steady 1 million viewership. Eddie Kingston, Moxley, and Darby doing the trio's action. Plus, Eddie and Mox just partying down with Sting. Red Velvet next in line for Britt Baker's title in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And how would we lay out the commentary teams between AEW Dynamite and Rampage? All that and much, much more this week on 2 to Say What to Who Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. WrestleZone.com, and I am here with my degenerate brother, none other than Marcus D'Angelo of NotOfWrestleZone.com, but he's just a slapdick. Hey, Marcus, how are you? Uh, Dominic, you are the slapdick. It says so right under your name. I'm just a degenerate. Oh, yeah, you are the degenerate. Get, well, get, you, get you your shit together. You uh, Nesha, what's up? Good to see you. I missed being here last week with you guys, so glad to be back. Glad to be talking to some AEW Dynamite, hey, Dominic. We, we didn't miss you. Apparently, I checked Ouch. the numbers. I checked the numbers. This is no lie. This is shoot, brother. <laughs> it was like our most listened to podcast ever. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, stings a little. Stings it a little. A little bit. <laughs> Just a touch. <laughs> Almost as bad as when Tammy was saying we need to fucking wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up. I hope Tammy's in here. That was one of the funniest moments I think in podcast history. I, after you and I got off that night, I continued laughing about that for like 30 minutes. That was really funny. How mm-hmm. long is this stream, is this stream How much over? fucking longer is this going to be? Jeez. <laughs> Well, I mean, hey. Thank, thank you, you Nesha. Guys. Dominic, read what Nesha says. Thank you, no, Nesha. No, I, I won't read that. We'll leave that comment. <laughs> uh, but we do have quite the episode today, do we not? I mean, a lot of stuff going on, not just on Dynamite. Now, I, I'll say this week's Dynamite was kind of like par for the course, so to say. But, I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening, building up to all out. And uh, just a lot of different things to cover tonight, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, excited to talk about all of it. Steven Chambers, what's up? Nick, it sucks that Rampage is not showing in Canada. Whoa, isn't it? <laughs> no, I guess I guess not. That does suck. Uh, Dominic, I will be with there live. Live. We'll talk about that a little bit, too. Uh, yeah, we're pretty pumped for that. Should be uh, very interesting. Uh, Pittsburgh, PA, uh, home of Brick Baker. Baker, 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 Baker. Oh, boy. Sure you, you sure you don't want me to host? No, I'm all right. I'm all right. Had a little bit of coffee. Real quick, though, Marcus, I do got to ask you, what is your thoughts on wearing white socks? White socks. I think I'm wearing white socks right now. I am. I am too. 
So hey, about that? I don't have a problem with it. I mean, if you're wearing black shoes, you better reassess. Yeah. But, but uh, aside from that, I mean, you know, dark shoes in general, it's a no-no. But you know, if you're wearing white shoes, white socks, you're golden, baby. You're all right. You're all right. See, people, I don't know. I guess it's uh, out of style or whatever. It's not the thing to do. Uh, Dominic Nesha feels that we should host a rampage show. Nesha, I don't know if I could stand to talk to Dominic that much throughout the course of the week. I mean, this, if I'm being honest, this is punishing. I mean, it's Never a little much. Right it's a little much. Uh, yeah, I kind of just, uh, the interaction with you, uh, it's, it should be in small doses, you know? Yeah, I'll kinda. tell you what, uh, you suck. Uh, so let's talk about AEW Dynamite, Dominic. Yes, let's talk about it. Uh, yeah. I will start it off with this the main event. Uh, Malachi Blackman, I think he's a made man after uh, Wednesday night. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, yeah, he he looked impressive. Came out of the gate looking good. He and Cody, I mean, you know, Cody kind of had an out with like an injured leg situation. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he he came out of that looking strong. I see him going on a really nice run in AEW, and then uh, when Cody eventually returns, maybe he'll get a little revenge. Well, I mean. See, that's what's kind of it's uh, obviously an open door with left. But I mean, from let let's just talk from a match perspective. I mean, it was basically like a pretty, I would say a squash, right? I mean, it's a uh, you know, Cody's not afraid to get people over like that. He did it with Brody Lee, and you know, uh, so and he made a notes for two big guys, like so Malachi Black and Brody Lee. I mean, that tells you something that. Uh, how they want to position Malachi Black moving forward. And, uh, yeah, I I think uh, where he's going to lay out, I almost – it seems like they're going to have a match at All Out, right? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's a work, brother. So uh, Cody's just being a pro, going out there, putting people over strong. Uh, and Nesh is asking, what about the Cody retirement bit? Um, that's that's what this is about. He's, he's going and doing the, um, the Go Big show. I believe he's got filming on that coming up. Um, so, uh, yeah, he, he had to split, um, or at least is going to have to split sometime here in the near future to go, uh, do filming on that for a few weeks. Then it'll be back. Then it'll be back. Yeah. Marcus, what do you think more so from him cutting that promo? Were you kind of buying into that he was maybe actually retiring because Cody has said before that he doesn't plan to wrestle like when he's 40 or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, if that's what his choice is, then, you know, by all means, uh, it certainly seems like he's got a lot of options. I know he's doing like the uh, the the show. He's doing like a reality show. He's doing Go Big Show. I'm sure he's got a little Hollywood opportunity here and there coming up. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's he's got to do what makes him happy. He's got to do what preserves his body. You know, obviously, you know how I feel about Cody. I think he's awesome. I don't want to see him retire ever. But at the same time, you know, can't help but be happy for a guy like The Rock, for example. Can't help but be happy for a guy, you know, like he kind of started from the bottom and worked his way up to and being a huge movie star, living his best life. And something that's cool about The Rock and Cody is that, you know, if stars like that ever get big, like The Rock is the perfect example. Like he went away and like even in the early 2000s, like The Rock had to distance himself from wrestling. Like, there's just no way he could have made it in Hollywood if he did not distance himself from wrestling. So he had to take that moment where he would not really talk about WWE. He wouldn't talk about wrestling that much. But you look at it, now that he's, like, the hugest movie star in the world, he talks about wrestling all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, embraces it and loves the history and everything like that and talks about it constantly. Heck, the TV show about it. Um, Cody will do the same thing, you know, if, that, if he gets to that point. But... Um, I think uh, 
I don't know. I just don't want to see Cody retire yet. Uh, people are like, you know, some people are like, just uh, I want him to go away, things like that. I like Cody. I think he adds so much to the product. It when he does wrestle, I think it's it's tuned in television basically, and I think um, like now, I mean, if Cody were to leave right now. You think about what we would miss out on when it comes to like Cody versus CM Punk, Cody versus Brian Danielson, uh, Cody versus like uh, potentially a Bray Wyatt, like a Rhodes versus Wyndham, you know, anything like that. Yeah, Cody maybe versus Adam Cole. We'll talk about all this in a little bit. But uh, yeah, man, it's so I don't want to see him retire. Uh, did he have you a little bit fooled during the end of that? Uh, what's up, Jason? Thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, I, you know, maybe a little bit. Uh, you know, when he first started and he was, it was like kind of starting to get emotional. He's talking about like the, you know, where AEW started and where they've come. And I was just like, what is this? What's he doing? And uh, so, it, I mean, you know, I'm just applying logic though. You know, it's like, I know he's got go big show filming coming up. I know he just had a daughter um, and it kind of makes sense. It, it's a good way to get him off TV for a little bit where yeah. it's like, you know, he suffers an injury. He's thinking that he's clearly contemplating retirement. And so, like, I'm saying, uh, what I see Dominic is Malachi Black just running roughshod over AEW and just being a complete maniac. And uh, then out of nowhere, on a white horse, Dominic comes Cody Rhodes. Oh, so you think he'll come back and, and one up him? But Malachi, like, I could see Malachi. I think Malachi would need to win at all out too. You know, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so no, I mean, it was it was for sure the right sh- the the right thing to do to get him off TV. Um, Nesha, to Nesha's point that she just made, uh, you know, she thought that she thought it was, uh, a, a shoot until, uh, he got jumped by black. Cause once that happens, you're like, Oh, okay. If he was actually retiring, it's not like anybody would come out and blast him with something and like knock him on his ass, yeah. you know, take away from his moment. So yeah, there's, there's no way that he's retiring. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I think leaving the territory is always good. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. WWE hasn't done that. You know, with their stars, very little. Like, it's somebody's either A has to get pregnant or B has to get injured to like leave the territory in WWE. Otherwise, you're there all the time. And, you know, you have no fans don't have that opportunity to miss you. <laughs> so uh, I think it's pretty important, even when life circumstances come into play. So um, Cody has that opportunity. And, uh, you know, it, I don't think that's an issue to have, especially with AEW. So let's get into it. Hey, real quick, uh, DJ yeah. Cass here. He was having some health issues recently. Uh, seems like he's kicking out though. He's doing well. I'm glad to hear it, DJ. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, man. Keep keep on keep on forging ahead. And yeah, dude, we're we're about to talk uh, a little Hoovy Jericho here coming up. Is that what you're going to next? No, no. I was going actually up to. So right when I, I think the day after I finished recording the solo episode last week was when Bray Wyatt got released by WWE, and then on top of that, later on in the week. Who gets released but Ric Flair from WWE. And then rumors start brewing that Adam Cole might become a free agent after SummerSlam. Then, on top of that, so is the bruiserweight Pete Dunne, potentially. His contract's up very soon. And then last night, holy shit, we had, I think it was like 12 NXT releases. Uh, Some of the bigger names were Bronson Reed, Mercedes Martinez, and Bobby Fish. Uh, Marcus. AEW has a big roster, and uh, they already have a lot of talents that they need to try to focus on. But to not pick up somebody like a Ric Flair or a Bray Wyatt or an Adam Cole, it does seem a little counterproductive, too, in a lot of ways. Let's start with 
who should they sign? And then we'll get into talking about how should they handle the roster. I mean, you know, I would be coming after Adam Cole really hard um, if, if it were me, just because, you know, you've already got the attraction of, oh, he gets to be with his fiance now. I believe that they're engaged, his fiance more now. So you could probably offer him less money than WWE is and say, hey, look, we're going to offer you better dates, like less dates over the course of a year, less money, but then you're also going to get to spend more time with your girl. And so I, I think that that would be the sort of thing that would really uh, be able to push him over the edge. So I'd be approaching him him hard. Uh, I'd really be making a strong push for him just because that that would be your number one out of all the names mentioned. Yes, uh, I, just because I, I think that would be a devastating blow to WWE and, you know, especially Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels, the guys who work behind the scenes who think really highly of Adam Cole. Um, you know, if, if you want to kind of keep pushing this thing forward where it's like, hey, you're you're not just you're not just a second option, you're legit competition, as Cody said. Um, you know, then be, take some of their best people. Uh, right after him, though, I got to go Bray Wyatt, man. I mean, how could you not? The WWE has put, you want to talk about putting equity into somebody? Uh, WWE has put a lot, a lot of marketing firepower behind Bray Wyatt. And then they just release him after after giving him all that. So I mean, you know, it's he's already got the connection because he was so close with the the family of Brody Lee and AEW is taking good care of Brody Lee's family. So he's already got a connection there. Um, so I could strongly see uh, him make an appearance too. But at, to your point, Dominic, you know the rosters are stacked. We are getting two shows now, but now it's like, are we going to do a brand split? Mark, it's I don't know. I don't know what. AEW can do because I think it's it's a good problem to have in a lot of ways that you have a lot of talent to choose from but it's also an issue we've talked about it before where it's like you want to hone in on a certain amount of stars because if you have so many stars in the mix it's it's going to be hard to it's hard to make one stand out or a few stand out you know and I mean you want your big stars and to be elevated to the level like hopefully like what you want is to create another Austin, create another rock, create another Bruno, another Hogan, uh, even a Cena, you know, you want somebody to that level. Um, I think AEW is capable of doing that because I mean, geez, they have talent that is homegrown basically, but then they're bringing in other talent too, to boost them up potentially like, you know, what, like we mentioned, Brian Danielson and, and CM Punk. You know, here's here's the thing, and this is something I was thinking about earlier, is they need to be thinking economically in that if you bring a guy in, you need to get rid of a guy. So, like, I, sort of the, the route that I'm thinking would be a reasonable one to take is you take some of the veteran talent who are not contributing as much, and, uh, and you get them out by, while simultaneously putting over a new talent. So I'll give you an example. Uh, let's say they bring in Daniel Bryan. I would put Daniel Bryan into an immediate feud with Chris Jericho and have him beat him and either release Jericho or put him on commentary. Marcus, come on. Jericho. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. That's my opinion. I like Chris Jericho, but I think he's slowing way, way down. And if you can get your hands on a modern talent who's got a bunch of equity behind him, somebody like Adam Cole or somebody like Bray Wyatt to take his place, I don't see why not. Yeah, Marcus, I yeah, I don't think so. Like, do you think Jericho's the reason that the AEW is having the success they're yes, having right now? Hundred percent. I don't, Marcus. If there was not Jericho, there would be no AEW. I'm That's I'm saying as of right now, Dominic, the 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 momentum that they have, the ball they've got rolling right now. I don't I don't know how much of it has to do with Chris Jericho. I think it could, I, I like Jericho. Though. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 
I think a good, good chunk of it does. I mean, if I don't know the quarter hours or anything like that, but I'm very sure that Chris Jericho has a great deal to do with what they're doing in the ratings. All and right. Marcus, well, how about, how about a Matt Hardy? Um, how about, I'm trying to think of other veteran talent who could probably step back. I mean, you know, there's, I, I think that there's plenty of examples on the roster or certainly like underutilized talent, you know, a guy like Kip Sapien, who we haven't seen on TV. I think he is nursing a legitimate injury though. You know, like just these guys who like barely get used. Why not push them out the door every time, push somebody out the door every time you bring somebody in, in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, there's, you can do that. Like, and I think that, uh, it's but it might be an option unless they have another route to take with like hey let's put them on youtube channels give them these certain amount of paydays where they can make a living but obviously still do the indies get a little bit of rub from us and then go somewhere else to like kind of build up their cachet and hey if the opportunity arises we'll bring them back into the mix and you know just keep a good positive relationship that way um because like yeah you don't want to see anybody lose their jobs but the it's a huge pool of talent out there um and like and if you're bringing in somebody like cm punk or daniel bryan which it sounds like they are like that is a smooth transition away from somebody like jericho and i'm not like i'm i'm not saying release chris jericho i hate chris jericho i feel like if i was a celebrity this would be clickbait uh i'm not i'm not saying that i'm just saying that like that would be an option is to say like okay chris uh thanks for getting us to this point your contract is up we're not going to renew it go go explore other options because we're bringing in cm punk and we're bringing and Daniel Bryan, and we have all this name equity getting ready to come storming in the door. We don't necessarily need Chris Jericho anymore. Yeah, I just disagree. I think uh, Jericho adds so much to it, and he, like uh, DJ says in the chat here, like he he will add so much commentary and uh, other options too. I just think that I don't think it makes sense to do that now. Could Jericho go away for a little bit? Sure. Again, like we talked about that with Cody and stuff, and Jericho's going on his Fozzie tour too. Uh, COVID permitting all that stuff. But I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, that would just be a real head scratcher to release somebody like Jericho, who's still doing stuff, who is still like creating engaging promos and moments in the ring uh, and getting, giving the rub to a lot of people, like in a lot of ways. So, uh, you know, you filter talent in and out, but uh, you just got to tight, tighten it up a little bit and, and, and get it down to a certain amount. Hopefully, how would you break it up, Marcus? Would you now? I wouldn't do a brand split. I think I wouldn't do a concrete brand split. But I, and this is what I said last week, is I would do like an unofficial brand split almost, where you have certain talent really featured on Dynamite and then other talent really featured on Rampage. But there's not a set thing like, okay, these guys compete on this evening and then these guys compete on. But you, you do present it like, you know, okay, yeah, hey, we're seeing Eddie Kingston, for example, just on Rampage more often. Like, oh, if I want to tune in to a show, I'll see Eddie Kingston on Rampage, or I'll see uh, the pinnacle here on Dynamite, or whatever, you know? I, I think more than anything, you know, it's just going to require a more organized approach to formatting the program, you know, like where you say, okay, we've got X amount of talent. Let's say, as you and I said, I think before, I think the ideal number is 32. Um, you say, okay, I've got 32 talent on each program. I can fit in, let's say 16 of those talent. So we're going to alternate. So, uh, 16 of the talent are going to be on dynamite this week. The other 16 will be on rampage and then we'll, we'll flip. So then the 16 that were just on rampage will go to dynamite. Then the other ones will go to, you know what I mean? Uh, I, so I get that. maybe I get not, that. maybe not the same 16, but you just break them up into half. And I keep, keep swapping people around. I was going to say, if you like flip them back and forth, I think that would 
that is a brand split your audience in yeah and yeah. that would detract your audience too if you're like hey well okay these guys are on dynamite this week and then next week they'll be on rampage how many people are on the AEW roster at this point do you know <sighs> geez i don't know i don't know who's like officially signed and who's just like working for them um but it's a pretty decent amount man it's a pretty decent amount and uh you know because you think about it uh took me a little bit to like kind of register hey lance archer wasn't on this week at all you know? right and obviously he's doing stuff with new japan but i mean it's just something you think about where it's just like man there's so many people to keep track of that you know how do certain ones stand out and everything and um, well hey look nesha just made a point here and it's something that i think that we should address she's saying put the younger slash newer talent on rampage to work their craft you know I, I maybe not necessarily in that way but let's say dominic you know with more people you need more elements to to get people over you know the basically the greater the pool the, you you need more to get people over like a king of the ring which they have i believe which which is that ring that uh the MJF wears, but you need stuff like that to help to get the, some of these other talent over. And as you and I have discussed before, and I know this sounds like a joke, but it's not cruiserweight title, Dominic, you could take something like rampage and make that kind of the cruiserweight program. Now, not the whole thing, but maybe the first half of it, right? Where you say the first half of rampage, this is where all of the cruiserweights are going to get featured. And that cruiserweight title is going to get defended often. And uh, we're going to have like eliminator tournaments and we're just going to do all this exciting stuff. So man, bam, there's like a giant chunk of your talent right there. Mm-hmm. yeah no i th- i agree with you and it, i mean we'll talk about this here too is like we're seeing a lot of trios matches go on and obviously they've been talking about having a trios title um i think that's going to be inevitable maybe it'll happen at rampage premier rampage you'll make an announcement or something i wouldn't mind seeing a mixed gender tag team title that would be pretty awesome because you know what uh impact did a homecoming show this past weekend uh, Zach Ryder tagged with Chelsea, geez, Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona tagged with Ch- Chelsea Green, uh, Deanna Perrazzo tagged with uh, Matt Ray- Reedwald, formerly known as Aiden English, and um, who else was in there? Brian, oh, Brian Myers had a, a partner as well, didn't I can't he? Remember who he, I don't know if he went at it alone because he couldn't find a partner or if he did find a partner, mm. but I do know like Tommy Dreamer tagged with Rachel Uttering and they had the road warrior paint on, so that's kind of neat. Hey, let's let's address this thing that DJ just said here too. Uh, how about Ric Flair joining the Pinnacle or the Inner Circle if he comes in? What is so Dom? If you bring in a Ric Flair in AEW, what do you do with seventy-year-old Ric Flair in AEW? So here's the thing: I presented. So when the, that news broke, I got in a text group with one of my uh, group of my buddies, and there, uh, one of them said like, "Ric Flair doesn't draw, won't draw ratings in today's world." And I'm like, I disagree. Yeah, I disagree strongly. Because you know why? Look at how WWE has presented him. Like, and presented all the legends across the board for the most part. They're either A, they're, they're like emotional, like they feel weak, uh, or B, or both, they get beat up. They play fodder for heels and like to get heel heat way too much. Ric Flair has not been presented in the fashion that he should be. Ever since he was retired in WWE and left WWE, when he got brought back, it WWE just has mishandled him. Like, I agree. Of it. And to, so what I'm thinking, Marcus, is Ric Flair is such a legend and such a household name. Like, you, I mean, and that, that's un, indisputable because you look at it like guys like LeBron James, uh, Albert Pujols, the list goes on of like celebrities and athletes that love Ric Flair. I mean, Bill Burr, one of our favorite comedians, like talks about Ric Flair. He's just a very like loose wrestling fan so i mean like 
there's so much cachet with Flair. He, he and he was a star as wrestling began getting into its uh, pop culture mainstream heights. So uh, to present Ric Flair in a fashion that's like that classic wrestler, dress sharp suit, you know, uh, Luthez attitude, Bruno San Martino esque held up like the legend Ric Flair. You bring him in, you have. Him mix it up on TNT, TBS with uh, old allies like Arn and Tully, and how you could rope and Barry Windham too. Like get the Four Horsemen back in the mix of some sort. There's so much you can do with Flair. And now, would I make him a weekly focus? I don't know about that, but I would definitely make him a focus, uh, like. Uh, an occasional regular that comes on now an authoritative position. I think I would really like that where he's just a good authority figure. That's Hey, come on. I'm booking. Yeah, not, not like an evil authority figure, not like an evil a good authority one figure. Yeah. Nothing to that effect. He's kind of, he's almost like the moral compass attitude of, of AEW where he's, you know, he's got that partying lifestyle. He's still Ric Flair, but damn, when it comes to booking a show or having a match or like regulating, Ric Flair can do it, baby. And that's how I would handle Ric Flair. So, you know, it, uh, Nesha has made the point, uh, and on its on its face, it's, it seems correct, right? Why She's saying AEW doesn't need Ric Flair. She loves him, but let him retire. He's in his 70s. And on its face, you know, it sounds correct, right? Because it's like, does this company need a 70-year-old man to come in to the company? Like, how is a 70-year-old man going to contribute for the amount of money that you'd be paying him? But here's the thing, is when it comes to Ric Flair, uh, there's a reason why football teams are having him come in and do pep talks. There's a reason why he's featured in rap videos and commercials. Like he is a pop culture icon. So like getting somebody like him on your roster would be about the equivalent. If you think about it from a pop culture standpoint of getting somebody like the rock on your roster. Now the rock is, it could obviously still be a regular uh, wrestler where Ric Flair's wrestling days are over, but just like the fact that he's got so much name cachet that comes with him uh, and name value, as Nesha just said, uh, Ric Flair is, I mean, you could, you can print money having Ric Flair in your company. Think about the, the opportunities from a, a, mar, a merchandising standpoint, just, just there alone, you'd probably pay off Ric Flair's contract. You know, imagine if they released Ric Flair action figures, um, yeah. in the AEW line, you know, it's money. So it's, it did not bring in Ric Flair. I think, uh, would be silliness. It's ridiculous to think otherwise. Mm -hmm. Like, Why wouldn't you bring in the greatest of all time? Arguably, you know, it's, you cannot. And like it just it just makes sense it makes sense to do it. Why not? Why wouldn't you like if you have a you know you want the four horsemen always attacking the roads and stuff like that? It's just it's built in there, man. It's like you got to do it. You got to do it now. And, and by the way, like I love Chavo and I love the fact that he's paired with Andrade El Idolo. I mean, who who would be a better uh, speaker for Andrade El Idolo than his father-in-law Ric Flair? Yeah, I just I don't think Flair should be in that kind of role. I don't think he should. I think he should. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can see him giving Andrade the rub in a big, big way. Well, sure, but I think uh, I don't think I think Andrade. So it's almost to the effect of how Charlotte doesn't want Flair to be by her side because she wants to make her own ways. Now I think the same can, should go for Andrade. Chavo is great for him because I think Chavo is a recognizable, uh, established star, but obviously not to the level Ric Flair. But he's also somebody that we we know and can associate with, but is somebody that also can convey, you know, the the attitude, the persona, 
and uh, channel Andrade in a fashion that won't overshadow Andrade if you have somebody like Flair next to his side. So I would, I think Chavo's perfect for him. Um, so I do want to touch on Adam Cole and Bray real quick. Adam Cole, uh, so the report is, at it, as of this moment today, Sean Ross Sapp reported that apparently the talks between, like this on SmackDown last night, Adam Cole was in a meeting with Vince McMahon. And apparently uh, it's reported that uh, Vince McMahon does like Adam Cole, like from a personal standpoint. Uh, and there's plans to bring him to the main roster. They want to put him on the main roster. Well, uh, so, you know, my question, if I was Adam Cole is where were this, where was this conversation eight months ago? Yes. Where um, was this, where was this a year ago? Where was this a year and a half ago? It, it, did I become a, be- a better wrestler in the past year? Nope. It's still the same guy. Still a great wrestler. Always have been. Always has been. And then he's always, you know, at the top of the N- NXT's card. And there were so many. Okay. And there were so many times where Adam Cole was like, all right, what's next for Adam Cole? Because he's pretty much achieved everything and then some in NXT. So uh, Vince brings him into this. Hey, Vince likes some. Vince likes a lot of people. Vince acts like he likes a lot of people and thinks they have a lot of talent to bring forward. But then when push comes to shove, he he books who he wants. He books and handles how he wants. Adam Cole has a whole lot of charisma and is can be a main event talent. But you, if you're coming from Vince's perspective and how he always views stars and number and, and the big aspect is I call it, I'm starting to call it the the Cardona Taz test is like if Vince didn't make you, then you're not one of them. Like then you're not in his mix. Adam Cole has been obviously made himself, but like who's been elevating him too has been Hunter and, and Shawn Michaels. Like, so he's not a Vince creation. He's a NXT creation. So I can, they might try to sweet talk him because simply they don't want him in AEW. Uh, if I were Adam Cole, I'd scoot the boot and get over to AEW and, you know, enjoy my time with Britt and enjoy your time with uh, your other friends that you've made. Cause I mean, Adam, people like Adam Cole, like fans, Friends, everybody. So uh, he could get, he could fit right in the mix, and he could be a top, top star in AEW. I think. Uh, uh, no, go ahead. Uh, Ten seconds or less, Dom. Uh, before you talk about Bray, I just want to address what uh, DJ said. Uh, sure. Bronson Reed. I don't know anything about him. Why don't you give your take, Bronson Reed? Good fit AEW. Yeah. So yeah, I like Bronson Reed, and you know he's a hell of a he's a hell of a worker. He was the former NXT champ, North American champion, just a mere three months ago when he won the title. And, you know, he's a big dude. He's a unique look, great on the mic. Uh, yeah, I think you can you can find a spot for him for sure. Again, it goes to the point of, hey, hey where is this all going to lay out? Because a lot of a lot of talent. But I think you could you could get Bronson Reed in the mix. But I think you need to – you got to – I hate saying you got to let people go because I don't like saying that at all. But it's like you have to figure stuff out, you know. You got to – you got to focus on stars because you want to make stars. Um, yeah, you know, even worse is, you know, these guys get cut, then they can't work, uh, you know, to Stephen Chambers' point. You know, it's uh, the, they have to wait 90 days. Well, let me go can... on to that because uh, reportedly, too, uh, a lot of these NXT stars that were released yesterday only are going by the Malachi Black contract where they only have a 30-day non-compete clause. Oh, wow. So they don't necessarily have to. So they'll be ready to go by early September. So uh, if that's the case, so, you know, I, I have to say, and this is just like a periphery WWE guy where I just like kind of hear about it, see clips of it online and stuff. 
all those people that got cut yesterday, uh, none of them really jumped out at me as far as like name value is concerned. You know, like Bobby Fish, I've heard of him. I love um, right. Uh, Pete Dunn, I like I know who he is. Yeah, Pete Dunn's so, not released. He's he's uh he's going to be a free agent. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's it, man. Like, that's about all I know for out of, like, that giant roster of people. So, it's like, I would be super selective if I was AEW. Like, look, if you think you can find a home for Bobby Fish, uh, since he's got that name value, go ahead and bring him in. But aside from that, I'd probably say, like, hey, good luck out, out in the Indies. Like, if uh, hopefully you guys can show us something, we'll bring, in you, bring you in. Bobby Fish, I would love to for AEW to grab. And, like, you could check, fucking get him with Adam Cole if you can. And like get them as like an alliance, and um, and like plus he would be a great brain to pick for a lot of the talents. Like and a lot of talents today, today tag teams, they've based their style. I know, uh, oh my god, violence is forever from uh, MLW. Dominic Greeny and uh, Kevin Koo, they love Red Dragon, which was Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. So I mean, uh. Th- he's got a lot of he's got a lot of knowledge so so bringing in somebody like bobby is would be great but it's like again a lot of people a lot of people um i mean you know honestly if you're if you're looking to spend a lot of money to bring in new talent uh essentially there would be two areas as of right now where i'd focus and that is uh adam cole i'd i'd be paying him substantially to to get him away from wwe and uh what you want to talk about next dominic bray wyatt you're right yeah um yeah mark i think so bray yeah it obviously you i wouldn't do the fiend stuff with him like if you were to bring him in i think that is well worn and done i think that and i'm pretty sure you know they kind of learned a unfortunate lesson when it came to matt hardy like with the broken style because uh of the pandemic and just not having the audience there and i just i don't think it lines up now, could you do like a, a darker, like uh, Wyndham Rotunda, <laughs> like that looks totally different and has his own, adds his own creative input into it that he's able to kind of flex a little bit and um, make it a different style? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot you can do there. Um, so, Bray, yeah, I think Bray's somebody you got to sign to. Even from a merchandise standpoint, it just makes it clear, you know, that. Um, Oh man, we got something! <laughs> oh, holy shit! Hey, Charles, hey, Charles, Charles wow, man, we we're, some, just, uh, we're just trying to talk wrestling, pal. We're just talking Just uh, well, you can obey and suffer somewhere else. How's that sound? <laughs> Boy, you're fucking freaking everybody out. We had a very <laughs> mellow vibe on the, on the Facebook. Hey, you know, we had Don't a really mellow vibe. <laughs> anyways uh well you know it's i see value in the whole like look there's there's a big crossover between pro wrestling and the horror genre right uh it, we've seen it with undertaker and kane uh you know it, it's just it's always been a thing and so i see a lot of value in the fact that he's established himself and his, and wwe has marketed him for so long as like this kind of horror character i would say let's not bring him in as the fiend obviously uh but like i i think that you just need to get a, a little bit creative and bring in like creepy uh to your point Wyndham rotunda yeah yeah i think that would be great and like more so on the leaning towards like robert de niro cape fear like version of bray not like down on the swamp kind of thing but more so like hey this guy's kind of creepy but he's charismatic and he's got a little bit of charm to him so 
Yeah, like a manipulator. Um, I don't know. Like, do I see him going as far as I talked about with like Luchasaurus with Abaddon? Uh, probably not. But like, yeah, I could see like the whole him. Uh, I don't want to say like a cult leader thing because that he already sort of did that. Um, and that was like his former character, but just basically like this this manipulator who like kind of baits people into to his world, which I just described a call leader, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I basically described a call leader. Mm-hmm. All right, real quick before we move on, another talent that uh didn't mention that did get cut yesterday was uh Ari Sterling, but his name's Alex Zane. I don't know if you remember seeing him on the indie scene around last year. He did like this insane spot like at like a GCW show, I believe it was or something. But um, he's a really good talent, too, that uh, I would consider picking up. Um, it was kind of funny. He did a video last night. Like, this is how crazy and unpredictable WWE is with these releases. So, like, he main evented on 205 Live last night where he fought in the Cruiserweight Championship match against Kushida. But, hey, they released him that day, too. So, like, it, when he got released... He like put a video of him on Twitter where he's like filming his television where he's like walking out for his match and then he pans over to himself and he's like, Oh boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like not there right now. So it's just like even little stuff like that can tell you, hey, this guy might have a little bit more something than you know. And it, he was well talked about before, you know, he, he got signed by AEW. So I he was somebody else I would consider. But it dude, it's a lot of lot of talent. Uh I don't like, like, there's a lot of talent I like on AEW too. And it's just tough to, you gotta, you gotta try to tighten the ship and figure out what you're doing. I would love to figure out if they have a game plan going on, how they're going to situate all this and all these talent. Because I mean, they got a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot to think about. And, you know, I think a big part of it is just strategy. You know, if you really want to compete with WWE, uh, a lot of it is just keep playing keep away, you know, with, with guys like CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and hopefully at this point, you know, as we mentioned, Adam Cole. Baby. Um, yeah, okay, let's talk about uh, two veterans we are very familiar with. And that kicked off the show. Hey, Hoovy was back on TV oh, against oh, baby. and Chris Jericho. Uh, Marcus, I... Before I say anything, let's get your thoughts on the match and uh, how it was executed and the finish and the present presentation of Hoobie. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, one of the things I wrote in my notes was like it, my favorite era in wrestling was 1998. And this was one of uh, one of the largest uh, feuds, like rivalries of 1998 was Hoobie and Chris Jericho. Um, so it was just it was just really cool and really like refreshing to see something like you know it's it's just cool that uh, they're paying homage to uh, to the olden days of WCW by like saying hey like these rivalries still matter like w- WCW history still matters yeah and so uh, you know they bring Hoovy in I thought Hoovy looked like a million bucks I think uh, you know this is this is the most excited I've been for a Chris Jericho match in a long time I know I'm going heel on Chris Jericho tonight a little bit. But, uh, you know, he's, he's just, he's not, he's just a few steps behind and, and you could see it at the start of the match that it was just like, there was a little bit of confusion in there and it looked like the guys couldn't quite get on the same page at first, but then all of a sudden, you know, as soon as, uh, Hooventude hit that air Hoovy, um, off the top rope, uh, we kind of got back on track and everything seemed to go fine. Um, I thought that Jericho held his own. Um, and by the way, Chris Jericho, but one of the most impressive finishes of the year so far with the, uh, with yeah. the old Judas effect off the top rope, okay. uh, 
absolutely nailed it. They even showed it in the replay. I was like, oh, let's see if he like missed it or whatever. I was like, nope, nailed it. Did a great job. So I'm not I'm not going completely heel on Jericho, but yeah, I mean, it, dude, you want to talk about some some value? I think Hooventude has got it. I hope that they bring him in full time, and uh, I'd love to see him paired up with like the Lucha Brothers or something. That'd be awesome. But yeah, again, I don't think you can really bring in a whole lot of people. Like it's just again, I'm not going into that. But I love the match, uh, Marcus. It was so cool to see Hoobie back and in the fold of everything like that. Tony Schiavone calling on the on the mic and um, all that stuff coming together. Plus two pros like him and Jericho working. You know, obviously they started off a little rocky, um, but yeah, I think they they really got into the rhythm. It ended up being a really great match and. Uh, you know, it was just awesome to see two rivals that we were really, really into as kids. Like that was, that was such a big feud when we were watching Nitro and everything like that. It was Hoovy, Jericho, him taking the mask, and Jericho even paying a nod to that, trying to rip off his mask there too. Um, really good stuff. Uh, you know, um, and then heck, at the end of it, you have Wardlow just coming in and dominate the fuck out of both of those guys. When Wardlow came in, I was like, oh, uh, he's coming in so Hoovy can give some of the 450 splash because uh, we, we have to see that, right? Nope. You just like, Wardlow just came in and like beat the shit out of Hoovy and Jericho. Um, I'll tell you what, Wardlow's finish, that whole like have a guy by the throat on the top rope oh or whatever and just drop him into the knee, it's like, boy, that's a savage finish. <laughs> that's fucking savage. Dude. Yeah. So uh, really big on Wardlow. Um, it looks cool. So he's, he's going to lose to Jericho, which – which I'm not crazy about, but I know that we're pushing it toward uh, toward MJF finally defeating Jericho. Yeah, and ha- how, we got to mention too how Hoovy sold that F10. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was wild. Um, I, so uh, DJ saying uh, let's remove Pack from the Death Triangle, put Hoovy in there. I don't hate it, dude. I really don't. Uh, like I I love Pack. I'm not trying to disrespect him, but like let's let's get him into something else and just like make the new Death Triangle Hoovy and the Lucha Bros. Uh, you could definitely get Pac just going on his own too, where he just, or heck, you align him with uh, Frankie Kazarian, where he's just like kind of going with uh, against the elite and stuff like that. I think that would be kind of like a ragtag team that like just working together to take out the elite. I think that's a kind of a neat idea too. Um, Nesha asked if I marked out. Yes, I did, Nesha. I did mark out. <laughs> I, was like, I felt like I was a chubby 11 year old again. <laughs> yeah, I, I to say I, I, kind of marked out too it's just neat to see who be you know um let's see if get by warlord you guys see sammy's next opponent for jericho so i think after he beats wardlow he's just straight to mjf like that's his so he beats this is like his final stage like the fifth labor is mjf that's what it sounded like yeah that's what it sounded like oh Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i was thinking that it was like five labors and then mjf yeah no so it's like so Wardlow and then MJF. That's what okay. Because MJF is like the enforcer next week too, the match. So um, I agree with whoever that name is, Terseg, Ter uh, about uh, Pac. He should be in the uh, title picture. He's a phenomenal wrestler. Um, yeah. Unbelievable ability, unbelievable look. Um, and at the very least, you know, like let's let's get him uh, in a cruiserweight division just for now. <laughs> Just for now. Listen, he's going I, – I like uh, what they're kind of brewing with him and uh, Andrade, though. Like, you know, that – you want to talk about, like, a, a match that will be understated if it goes to it. Oh, man. Yeah, that'll be something. Is that – or, like, Andrade versus one of the Lucha Brothers or, like, something to that effect happening. 
you know uh, i'm kind of curious what they're doing because you know it's the death triangle basically versus chavo and uh and andrade what who else is going to get in there you know so yeah yeah i don't know it's uh it does feel like there's there's just a lot going on over there right now um you know because it's you know i i see a guy like andrade and i'm like oh good you know he's kind of like a a a lower tier guy in WWE who can actually be featured here because it's like, he's got a great look. Uh, he's, he's great in the ring. So awesome. But then it's like, all of a sudden we're getting an influx of like CM Punk. Here comes Daniel Bryant. Here comes like possibly Bray Wyatt. It's like all these guys start coming in. It's like, uh, what about some of these other guys that we were starting to build up? You know, like what, what's going to happen to Andrade? You know, it's, it, that's, that's pushing him pretty far out of the world title picture. The more names like that you bring in. Yeah. That's the issue. Like is, is doing that. So it's like, you know, maybe you don't have to bring some of these guys in right away, but you can bring them in when you elevate your other stars to that level and be like, hey, I want to see like an Andrade versus a Bray Wyatt or somebody like that. You know, um, it just you got to build it to that point. Um, Marcus DJ asks, how do you guys feel that Everize did in their AEW debut, a.k.a. 2.0? So that was Marcus. You weren't too familiar with them at, at all was uh, the two guys that tagged with uh, Daniel Garcia against Mox. Uh, Darby and um, Eddie Kingston, our friend of the show. Um, uh, I'll tell you what, Daniel Garcia looks like a dollar store Joe Gomez. Uh, but what what I thought was really cool, Joe Gomez. You don't remember from WCW? Google him. This good mm. that, that guy reminds me of him. Uh, but I'll tell you what, one of the spots of the night was when that guy was terrified by Sting, and then just out of nowhere, Darby yelling like a fucking missile, just yeah. like flying onto the. I was, I was like, was that CGI? Like when that when that happened, I was like, I can't believe that was actually a real shot. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's that's one of those shots they should replay constantly. Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will get played, Marcus. But how dare? It? Wow, you really insulted Daniel. That guy's a talent, man. Like that. They're talking about like, hey, you gotta get. I want to see Darby and Garcia go at it, like. That was the talk on Twitter during that match. It was like, I want to see them. I can't wait to see them in singles matches. So, wow. Joe Gomez. I don't even know who the fuck that is. Dom, you got to look up Joe Gomez. Maybe I don't, Marcus. Maybe I don't. Uh, he used to tag team with the Renegade a little bit back in the day. Okay, don't need to look him up. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was a good-looking dude. I was actually hearing Conrad talk about him not that long ago. He was like a good-looking dude. He was like real tall. He had like basically everything that you'd want to have a wrestler, but he just wouldn't stop fucking eating, and he got like really heavy set. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's a super successful guy. Did like a lot of like investments and stuff. Owns like restaurants. He's still really rich. Shout oh, out to Joe good, Gomez, good, 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 friend good. of the show, Joe Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Marcus, do you want to talk any more about that match? Like, um, what'd you think of like Mox, Eddie, uh, Darby going there? And then I really liked the ending with uh, Eddie Mox and Sting posing yeah it was uh, that i mean that's one of those moments where it's like uh like a fanboy heaven you know <laughs> you get all those guys together uh so no I, I thought it was cool um and yeah i mean I don't, I don't really have a lot to say i mean the spot that really stuck out was uh was darby just flinging himself out of the ring no regard for anybody's body including his own yeah no i thought it was a good like bridge to the next week you know obviously you want to keep those guys in the in the prominent picture so uh and eddie dude so over man Crowd trained like crazy when he got tagged in, man. Friend of the show. Uh, yeah, so really glad he's, he's out there just doing it. <laughs> Marcus, I know you want him to be a friend of the show coming up. Is your boy Miro um, taking on Lee Johnson? Lee Johnson, giving him a run for your money, big shoddy. Uh, what would you think of this match? 
I thought it was great. I thought that uh, Miro let Lee Johnson get over enough, but he also didn't take too much away from himself for the character that he's building. And by that, I mean like Lee Johnson went him with like some devastating like kick or whatever. And he, it, Miro was doing the old school, like, like, okay. And like shake it off a little bit and come yeah, back yeah. at it, which is like it. So what Tony Khan is doing with Miro, I think is absolutely perfect. Uh, this is one of my favorite things that Tony Khan has been doing recently where it's like he's building a Goldberg vibe uh, better than anybody has since Goldberg in 1998. Um, and he's, he's doing it uh, really well because he's managing to capture the, that Goldberg like unstoppable vibe, but with a whole different character. Um, where it's like this guy is like he's religious. He thinks he's on uh, God's mission and stuff like that. And I mean, Miro's just adding beautiful elements. To, like at the end of the match, he was hugging Shoddy Lee yeah. and he was saying, I forgive you after the match. And I was like, I fucking love him right now. <laughs> just like one of my favorite people in pro wrestling right now. Um, and like it, even Dustin like sold it well where he's like, should I stop this? Like he's like hugging this guy. Do I need to get into the ring to stop this? But I mean, just like unbelievable. Um, and seriously, like you can get the same effect with, with Miro as you got with Goldberg. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. Well, man, he's, it's over. <laughs> like, I, I don't think that's an argument. Like, I think he's over. I like the match a lot too, Marcus. It just had a really, really great build to it where it looked like they made it seem like Miro was just going to murder him. Like he, he was dominant. Like for like they're going to go to commercial break. And I was like, this is not going to last that much longer before after that. And it lasted. And like, Lee Johnson, like, put on a pretty damn good show, and Miro did a very good job uh, helping him get over. Uh, obviously, I think it, they handled it right, ultimately. But, like, heck, that's how you get younger guys up and cook it, you know, is is having those kind of matches for them. And, like, so you can, you can like, I don't want to say put a pin in Lee Johnson, but, like, hey, there's a note about Lee Johnson that you can go back to later on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And really, you know, it's Miro stood out in that one also just because it's like he knows when to sell, he knows when not to sell. Um, you know, you can tell that he was trained really well. I don't I don't remember who his trainer was, but whoever whoever it was uh did a great job because yeah, he knows it? exactly what he's doing out there. Somebody down was it Tom Pritchard? I can't remember who it was. It might have been. I don't know. Um uh, this guy who's, who's he's saying his name is the Rock Stone Cold Steve Austin Eddie Guerrero, um, all together. Uh, oh. He's he's saying he's wishing Miro would have come in like this. Me too, but I'm willing to wipe the slate clean at this point just because Miro's nailing it. He is nailing it. Uh, DJ asked, "Did they turn Miro babyface right away? Do they turn? Did they turn maybe Barrel face right right away with his new music chain? No, I see still a heel." Yeah, I, I think that's almost like a little bit more heel, where it's like yeah. this guy who's like a asshole and who's acting like he's on God's mission is coming out to this like better than you kind of music. So uh, no, I, I think it's a heel move. Yeah, Nesha says Tony Khan thinks it's 1998 AEW is WCW. Hey, I'm good with it. I, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, if he can capture the same vibes as we got in '98, I'm I'm solid, loving it. DJ loves uh, Shoddy Lee's work too. Um, Let's see what else. Uh, I think it's Nesha. Who's, somebody said that uh, Eddie. Oh, no, no. Uh, DJ said uh, Kingston should go after Omega's title. I kind of agree with that. Like, uh, Let's talk about this. Uh, Christian took on the blade. 
Um, Christian's undefeated now, still. Oh, on. I know, Dominic. The announcers made a fucking point to say it like 30 times. 30 so times. it's we all know exactly what Christian's about to do, right, guys? <laughs> you know, like, like, holy shit, let's suspend our disbelief a little. They were just like, oh, he's undefeated. Might be in, in line for a world title shot. And then they said that 30 more times. I think, though, they're really hammering it home because I don't think that is what's going to happen at all out. I don't think that's going to be the title picture match at all out. You I don't know. I, I think I think it's happening. I'm, I certainly got that impression. You know, and and, and why not uh, either? You know, that's another thing that you and I talked about when Christian first came in. Like, oh man, down the road it'd be really cool to see him wrestle Kenny Omega. And it's like, hey, you know, we're about to get a big influx in big influx of talent here. So let's go ahead and uh, fucking hot shot that one and uh, kick that can down the road a little bit. Uh, see, I think that's something you can wait on. I think, uh, I still think that's a story that can really be kind of played out where Christian keeps outworking everyone. So I mean, I mean, we all know what's going to happen here, right, guys? Uh, so Christian and Omega are going to have the match. Omega's going to go over. He's going to take it too far and keep kicking the shit out of Christian following the match. And for the save, CM Punk. Possibly. I, I think, though, CM maybe. Yeah, I could t- I could see that. I could But you know what? I could see either A Christian having this match with Kenny before the show and Kenny, I mean, look at what Kenny did on uh on Dynamite this past week with the Elite backstage wearing that Cookie Monster t-shirt and uh, you know, really Cookie Monster in. CM. Yep, CM. I don't and like he's like I don't have any other opponents now. Christian is in the mix. I would like to see this is how I'd like to see it go down, Marcus. It's kind of to what you were saying. But Christian said, like, he said he's going to, you know, has plans for Kenny next week. So, obviously, when we're in Pittsburgh, things like that. Now, maybe he doesn't have a match with Kenny at Pittsburgh. Maybe that's in Chicago. Okay, maybe that's in Chicago for the Dynamite, uh, uh, the the first dance or something. So, I think to your point, maybe Christian doesn't lose to Kenny. But he he, he gets the shippy out of it by Kenny, like, underhandedly. Like the elite either beat the fuck out of them, stuff like that. Who comes in but CM Punk? Boom, you build CM Punk and Kenny for all out. Well, I I love Christian and I think he, he's got a great story still to tell. I wouldn't pull the trigger on it yet. I would put now that's just something I'd put a pin in is, is the Christian storyline. So he he's still undefeated, but he's just out. He got beat up by Kenny in that. So like he'll he'll get back into the mix later on. Right now you have CM Punk and Kenny. And you also have oh geez I lost my train of thought. Who was the other person that I was put in the mix with that? Um, shoot, I can't remember. But like you just you dress CM Punk and Kenny, and then later on you bring Christian back in the mix. He still works his way and gets to get to Kenny or gets to the champion, whoever that is at that point in time. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I, I think that they're doing it. I think that like me, I, I think that what you're saying is correct, but I think that the reality is that they're doing it. I, I think that we're going to see Christian versus uh, Kenny Omega for the title. And I think that we're going to see CM Punk interfere. And now this guy whose name I'm not, I'm done trying to pronounce. Um, TR, let's just call him TR. Yeah, TR. He's saying, um, why would Punk save Christian though? Uh, how would that make any sense? And here's the thing is it would it would have nothing to do with Christian and everything to do with CM Punk saying, "All right, I'm sick of this fucking guy," and that that's basically the the vibe that he would be coming out with, right? Where it's like, "Hey, look, he just happened to be kicking the crap out of Christian. I'm done watching this guy. He's an asshole." And he goes out to the ring, and uh, we got our next feud. 
Steven says, do you see possible triple threat page cage and Omega at the pay-per-view? I don't see Adam page in the mix at all out. He kind of got shafted here. If you think That's about what it, I want to talk about too is uh hangman was left kind of hanging. Right. Um, I mean, uh, you want to talk about starting to get over. He was getting over huge, getting massive reactions. It was almost like a homegrown, like the fans are telling us, okay, he, we need to put the strap on him. Mm-hmm. And you and I were on here saying it's it's happening. You know, at All Out, he's going over. He's going to win. Um, and then all of a sudden, we do a, a big change, which is a clear indication to me. You know, anybody else or anybody at this point who's, like, doubting if CM Punk is coming in, I mean, you just – all you have to do is look at that situation and you know exactly what's going on. Uh, CM Punk is coming in. He's going to be in the world title picture. They need a heel for him to come up against as opposed to a strong baby face. Uh, and so it, it just makes sense to pair him up with Kenny Omega. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to talk about a massive pay-per-view sale, whatever the next pay-per-view is after the one in Chicago – um, if it's going to be Kenny Omega versus CM Punk, I mean, like we could be talking in the millions in sales. See, I'm just not, I know you're all about it. Uh, all about you're, you're thinking it's Christian and Kenny at all out. I just don't think that's it yet. I really don't. I don't know. Well, here's, here's the other route you could possibly take with that is have Kenny Omega come out and say like, Oh yeah, I've, you know, I've got a challenger local Chicago legend, you know, and just bring out some fucking jabroni, you know, and like, uh, the, you know, the they just make a farce out of it. And then all of a sudden cult of personality kicks on in the arena. Just imagine that pop. Yeah, that'd be something. I think we're going to get a lot more further development. Um, obviously in the weeks to come, but first dance happening August 20th, first episode of rampage next week august 13th uh we're gonna get more of a clear answer but i think they're really hammering home hey christian's undefeated and he's in line for a title oh shot. he's undefeated i didn't know oh yeah marcus you didn't know that you weren't aware <laughs> so he should be the number one contender uh, with being you know so what? undefeated yes i think they announced that <laughs> um he's so undefeated dom they should yeah. think about a title shot hmm, i think he deserves one you know <laughs> Uh, it was just very on the nose the whole hey, for the entire program. So, and here's another reason to why I don't think it's going to be Christian that at all out is why would you shift Hangman out of that picture in favor of Christian at this point in time? Because it would be it would make sense. Like I can see why they would do it for Punk because you need somebody who's going to go over uh, or who's rather going to put Kenny over. So if you put Kenny versus Hangman Page in that situation, Hangman has to go over. Uh, okay. I guess that's a fair point, but I, I just don't see that. I don't see it happening. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't see that as as the match that you're gonna have. On I'm calling it right now, Dominic. Ten bucks on PayPal says it's gonna be Christian and Kenny Omega it all out. Hey, don't you owe me ten bucks still for Hangman? Incorrect. Oh, Incorrect. Because uh, we talked about who's turning face, who's False. turning how many moons ago. False. Mm, I don't know, but. <laughs> I, I don't like buying money, but I'll bet an eBay item with you. It, we're ten dollars. Fair enough. Okay, so if it's anybody else, so it's got to be Christian versus uh, Kenny at all if you win. Otherwise, right. I, I get I get the I win. On the way. All right. Uh, fair. That's a deal. Uh, why don't you Why don't you put your money where your mouth is and predict uh, who you think it'll be though? If not, well, if not Christian, at okay. this point, I'll make a prediction. But I if I win it either way. Like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying if you're so confident in your prognostication here. No, I'm, I'm here, confident it's not going to be Christian. I think that I'm taking more of a risk because there's a lot of reports that, hey, you know, it's looking like it's going to be Christian. So I'm already taking the risk, Marcus. So, no, that's right. the deal. Deal's in. You locked it in. So that's how it's going to happen, Marcus. <laughs>
Uh, uh, Nesha thinks we got shoot heat right now, Dom. This is oh, just a yeah. thing that we do to each other, Nesha. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to see this really we're just, good. Yeah, we're just assholes. Marcus to starts to cry. It's it's not a good. Oh story. God, Dominic! I I already told Nesha about the Texas Cloverleaf. Yeah, I, and I told I told Nesha too. Yeah, I have to live to fight another day. Texas Cloverleaf is the most painful submission you can be put into. I'll tell you I what was. I'll tell you what was really painful is watching my older brother just fucking tap out. I had to tap, man. Hard to hard to watch. Marcus, hard to watch. You gotta learn a lesson. You sometimes you just gotta stay humble, like the sheep. <laughs> All right, hammer on, Dom. <laughs> okay, so uh, okay, we're kind of jumping around here a little bit, but Marcus, I did want to get your thoughts on this. One of your boys, Max Caster, got a little bit uh in the on the hot seat here a little bit this week with the uh, the rap he dropped on uh, AEW. Was it Elevation? Uh, either way, he, he got a lot of uh, negativity on social media for what he said, where he made mentions to uh, Simone Biles, as well as um, the Duke lacrosse team thing, and then tied that in with Julia Hart. Uh, I'll get your thoughts. Obviously, what happened was, uh, yeah, I guess I should give context to this. So, got a lot of negative feedback on there. Uh, AW removed the clip. And then uh, removed that video of Elevation, edited it, and put it back on without that doing it. And then Tony Khan went on Busted Open Radio to made mention of it. He's like, hey, I thought that was terrible. Uh, I usually, he's like, he said I, he's usually in, you know, for Dynamite, he's backstage and stuff like that. But when it's dark and stuff, he's not around at that point. He heard about it later on. And he usually lets like Max do his thing kind of thing when it comes to that. Uh, but so when he saw that, he got rid of it. Uh, and he said from now on, he's going to be handling all that kind of stuff. Marcus, what do you think about, was it that big of a deal? And then later on too, Max Caster got removed uh, from uh, a certain indie show too. Because uh, from what it seems, I don't know if he removed himself, but he was removed from that car. Whether he did it willingly or, you know, the... The promotion decided to remove him. What did the indie promotion? I don't know. But let's get your thoughts on all that, Mark. Yeah, you know, it's. I thought that Max Caster had kind of been walking the line a little bit um, when it when it came to those in the first place. You know, he was making uh, right on the border of homophobic remarks. He was making like uh, sexually suggestive remarks uh, to people at times. And so, you know, it's. I, I think that there's there's room for some of that to a degree. Um, but I think that he needs to be censored. So it's like he's funny. Um, he's good at what he does. He's a good heel, great look, good wrestler. Um, so he's got a lot of pluses, a lot of nice checks in, in the boxes. Um, but I think that he needs that. Like basically, if he, I'm sure he's actually writing all this stuff down in a notepad and memorizing it before he goes out. Uh, but that notepad needs to be looked over and censored before he takes the stage. And honestly, if, if I were Tony Khan, I would have been doing that ever since he made a remark about oral sessions with Renee Paquette whenever he wrestled uh, John Moxley. I would have, as soon as he got backstage, I would have been like, you're funny, but you have to watch what you say because like some of this stuff is too suggestive. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I, th- I think it's something that should have been addressed a while ago. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to see him get canceled. I don't want to see him get fired. Um, but I, I think that he just needs to be monitored. Yeah. You know, it's, and with a gimmick like that, you want to be a little bit edgy, obviously, like look at what Cena did back in, you know, but heck it's a real different time in comparison to that too. Like 
everybody is inundated in social media and everybody will like that's uh you can't just some of that stuff is just not fit for today's day and age basically right so it's like you can still get over and still say funny stuff on oh. like without without having to take that route and i think mjf is somebody that does a very good job at all that stuff it's like he he definitely t- makes his remarks you're like oh shit but it's not to the level of like okay that's a little boy i don't know about that you know what right I mean? right so, um yeah no i just want to get your thoughts because i thought uh it was, obviously that was a quite the buzz this week about uh, on social media so figured i'd cover that uh, i mean tr tr and nesha, nesha both make good points you know people get offended a lot easier uh mm-hmm. people are, are looking for just like juicy dirt like people are watching this stuff and like anytime a remark is made they're like i'm offended like they just <laughs> like find some kind of a reason so like i i find that to be annoying but at the same yeah. time it's like we all live in that climate now so you have to navigate that climate especially if you're a figure on national television yeah public figure like that you gotta exactly Exactly. Yeah, so where, you're, you're really putting yourself out there when you're on national TV or when you're being broadcast on the internet. So uh, you just like, hey, this is this is what the world is now. So if you want to keep working, you better work within those restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Pittsburgh's very own Britt Baker next week. She will be defending her AW Women's Championship at the premiere of Rampage in Pittsburgh against Red Velvet. Marcus, uh, kind of a quick build <laughs> uh, before uh, to that. Random. <laughs> yes. Uh, should be a good match, though. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, any thoughts on, on that? You want to add any more uh, perspective to that? Yeah, I mean, the, the saving grace is that it is a good match. Like, they're, it's a good pairing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm wondering who is gonna, finally going to be the one, and this is, like, projecting down the road, but who is finally going to be the right choice to take the strap off of uh, Britt Baker, Dom? I think, yeah, it's it's down the road. I want to say it's Thunder Rosa. Has to be right. right. Uh, I mean, she's she's the only real option. She, they've they've each got a win over each other. I think now at this point. Um, so it, I mean, you know, Thunder Rosa is like no nobody's on her level as a as a wrestler there. Um, nobody. I'm trying to think of one single person. And I can't. Uh, she's head and shoulders above everybody on the roster as a wrestler. Um, so it would kind of make sense for to me to have her uh, more of like a technical aficionado uh, beat Britt Baker, who's gotten over strongly because of her character. Here's how I would handle it: you put Thunder Rosa in the Dusty Rose role and make her have the thrill of the chase, like make her make it be where Britt is just kind of like the Ric Flair, basically, where he she's just like a perfect example and we heck, we have even mentioned uh, RIP Bobby Eaton you know yes um, yes um horrible news you know Dominic I've I've referenced him many times on WCW rewritten he was obviously a part of the WCW roster during that era and uh man I mean it, unbelievable technician you know like Shawn michaels level respect for him from everybody where it's like okay this guy is like he's he's something else like you might think you're a good wrestler but then you step in there with bobby Eaton and you're like okay i need to pick my shit up you know so that's that's kind of how people look at bobby Eaton is in that same light as Shawn michaels um the best top rope uh leg drop in the my history of business pick. nailed it nailed it perfectly every single time Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, even more than his ring ability though, the kind of person that Bobby Eaton was, uh, man, he, I have been hearing stories about him and just like the kind hearted person that he, he is for years. Dominic, did you know that Bill Goldberg had so much respect for him? He wanted him to end the streak. Marcus. Yeah. I, I put that in my, 
feature today that I wrote was that that was a part of it. And, you know, it's it really says something when Bill Goldberg is telling this to Steve Austin. So two of the biggest stars of arguably the biggest era in wrestling talking about Bobby Eaton and how much value he had, you know, to wrestling. So, uh, yeah, just a lot. Uh, yeah, mad. I feel really bad about Bobby. Um, there you can, there's a GoFundMe on social media. If you look, there's also a uh, collar and elbow makes a, made an awesome t-shirt. I already scooped it up. All the proceeds go to Bobby's Eaton's family and for his expenses and everything like that. So definitely give a look to that. Uh, what I want to say, so I did watch a, a match with Bobby Eaton against Ric Flair. Ric Flair defended the world title against Bobby Eaton on a clash of the champions, 1991 in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, and how they booked it was Bobby Eaton was beating the brakes off Ric Flair. Like he had Ric Flair's number beats him clean. It's a two out of three fall. So he beat him clean on the first fall. Ric Flair knocks Bobby Eaton off the top rope to the outside, gets the 10 count. That's how Ric Flair wins the second fall. Third fall, Ric Flair cheats. So I would put, I would make this, I would further heat up Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker in that kind of fashion where it's like Thunder Rosa has Britt Baker's number has her just has her pinned down targeted, but it's just like Britt keeps getting fucking out of it. Like whether she's avoiding her or whether she's cheating out, it's just like, and you build that over a course of months and months. And then, then once the time comes, whether that's next year or, or, you know, for a, a big pay-per-view or something and heck you could close out a pay-per-view with that if you build it enough and um then you get Thunder Rosa gets the win and i mean what i'd really like to see is that old school thing where like uh brit baker keeps like it, it winning or losing by dq just to like avoid taking the loss you know like she just keeps finding a way out of having to hand her belt over um and then finally you know thunder rosa says hey look i need i need her in a circumstance where there's no escape you know, like, let's do that Hell in a Cell type match, the war games, but with only two people. Um, that should be the blow off. Uh, Dominic, can you post the GoFundMe? Yeah, I was looking uh, for that. Uh, yes, Marcus. So we didn't have a uh, rewritten this week, correct? Yes. Uh, so we are not doing rewritten this week. I've got uh, I've got an interesting uh, job situation brewing and uh, it's, it's occupying a lot of my spare time when I'm not at work. Um, so it's uh, it's unfortunately you know, uh, every once in a while. And I've, I've actually mentioned on rewritten before, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that's unfortunately it's, it's kind of like the back burner podcast for us. You know, it's, I love doing it. I love writing it. I, it's just a matter of finding time. And with this new, uh, you know, potential situation brewing for me, uh, it's just, it is much, much harder to find the, the time. So, uh, don't worry. I'm not giving up on rewritten. Uh, just, you know, Hey, we gotta, we gotta pump the brakes every once in a while, you know? Uh, but going back into Britt Baker and uh, and Thunder Rosa, if you don't mind me filibustering on that for a little bit, Dominic. Yeah, go for it. Uh, you know, I, I think that we could argue. Um, and, you know, if you haven't seen the match, you know, go out of your way to go back and watch it. Uh, that match between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, where it's like that hardcore match, um, it's I, honestly probably the best match in AEW history to this point. And, uh, and Dominic and I were there live for the blood brothers match, uh, at double or nothing back in 2019. So like that's, it's saying a lot for me to say that, 
Um, but um, honestly, one of the best matches in company history to this point. So it's, I, I mean, I feel like they're just two, they're like two trains that are on the same track heading toward each other. And it's just a matter of before we get that collision. I'm, I'm just, I'm anxious to see it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I think it's, that's something you just really want to build. And like, you can have Thunder Rosa be like, all right, she's got to go up against I don't want to say like a labors kind of thing, but she's goes up against other competitors and certain things like that. And um, Brit's going up against her competitors, but those two forces are going to collide and, you know, uh, Brit's going to, you know, escape out of it somehow, but sooner or later, Thunder Rosa, she's got her number and finally she'll get it. You know, thrill of the chase. I think that's how you build it with Thunder Rosa. And her. Yeah. And honestly, the right way to do it, if you're going to do something like this is like, keep them away from each other. Uh, as you said, for maybe something like a year, Mm-hmm. But in that, in the meantime, have Britt Baker continue to be undefeated. She's still holding the title. But for Thunder Rosa, have her recapture the NWA Women's Title, and then she's saying like, "Hey, look, you know, one title's not enough. Like, I want, I want to be the best in NWA, and I want to be the best in AEW. Uh, I want, I want Britt Baker's title as well. And then all of a sudden, you've got this cat and mouse situation, and it boils down to the title versus title situation. And uh, I, I just think that there's so many ways to go. Um, it could be a lot of fun. There is a lot of ways to go. And Steven brings up a star that is a good way to go too is Jade Cargill. He's sick of seeing the Jade promos. He wants to get her in the ring. Uh, I agree. Like I, I think that Jade's such a presence, but she's such a huge factor you can put in the mix too, where it's like, she's uh, somebody that Thunder Rosa has to go up against, you know, on her journey. And like, um, but Jade is somebody you can absolutely get into the mix too. I think uh, she's another somebody that you should really focus on too if you're aw yeah and she's not just a great look i mean she's a great athlete shows when she's in the ring i mean she's she's skilled um to to be that you know with that match with Shaq, that was her first match yeah (laughs) so i I mean she uh, looks like a million bucks she wrestles like a million bucks uh so i i see a really bright future for her i'll tell you what i don't know if it's just because layla hirsch is uh only four foot eleven or what, but the, that girl beside her looked like she was seven feet tall. Neil is gigantic. So, I mean, let's, I don't, I wouldn't mind seeing her come up against Jade. Yeah. Mark, that's going to be a match on NWA Empower is Camille versus Layla Hirsch. Uh, I really liked that match between her and Bunny. Like, Layla's great, man. She's such a unique, you know, talent, and what she's able to get across in the ring is great. And Bunny did a very good job, too. Like, both of them had a really good match, and um, it's going to be neat to see that juxtaposition of Layla Hirsch fighting that, you know, David versus Goliath, basically. Yeah, uh, Nesha, great things coming in small packages. She's only 5-1, so, I mean, okay. hey, hey, you know, the little people can can take over the world, baby. Short people got. <laughs> uh, boy, that guy sucks. Uh, Randy Newman? Yes. Um, but no, dude, I agree. I couldn't agree more. I think that Layla Hirsch is an awesome athlete. Uh, she really shows out. There's like a, I mean, her name is legit, but it, it works because like there's a real legitimacy to what she does where it looks, it looks like she could get you on the ground and stretch you. Oh, she could beat the show. Plenty of people. Yeah. Plenty of people. Um, well, well, anything else before I address uh, the commentary situation? Uh, no, let's jump into that. And then Dom, you know, we're desperately out of time. We're, we're <laughs> rocking and rolling, man. Okay. So they announced the commentary team for, uh, the rampage, uh, Mark Henry, Taz, Excalibur, and Chris Jericho. 
sounded like Excalibur's just going to be on Rampage. That's yeah, he kind of did the old, like, uh, yeah, it was great working with you guys. And it was like, wait, what? Yeah, I oh. thought he was just doing both. Um, so, it, what is it? Just going to be a two-man booth, Shivani and, and Jim Ross? Or are they bringing yeah. some motherfucker in? That's, you know what, man? Uh, it was revealed today that uh, Rene Paquette's uh, non-compete clause is uh, coming to an end. I'll tell you where my head went with CM Punk. Not commentary. Uh, that would, Marcus, how big of a, a letdown would that be? Oh, it would be a massive letdown. But, I mean, he's already basically shown interest in it. Um, and this is one of the things that I can't remember where I was hearing this. Uh, actually, Conrad Thompson's podcast, Conrad was saying it. Um, he was saying, who was he asking? Damn. Was it Eric? Yes, it was. He was talking to Eric about it. And uh, he said, uh, he said, how big of a disappointment would it be for him to come in on commentary? And Bischoff, uh, being kind of the, the outside-the-box thinker that he is, he was like, I don't think it would be. He was like, I think if you bring in CM Punk as a commentator initially and then like kind of have slowly have him build toward like feud with, with somebody on the roster, somebody like a Kenny Omega, for example, he was like, you kind of do that slow burn sort of a thing where it's like it's, it's finally mounting and you have the fans saying, like, I got to tune in because this week is probably the week where it's finally going to culminate. You know, so I, I think Bischoff had a point. That being said, I don't want to see that. I would prefer to have him come in as a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Marcus, I saw a little promo that he did uh, so with the releases happening and stuff like that. Punk uh, was constantly feuding with John Laurinaitis on television, like basically 10 years ago. Did you see this promo today? Yeah, actually? it was it was great. It was great, great shit, man. I'm so pumped for CM Punk to come in. Um, it's that. Yeah, I like punks obviously would be awesome on commentary and stuff like that. Uh, if they positioned it the right way, where there wouldn't be like, um, uh, okay, hey, we got the United Center coming up first dance in Chicago. Uh, you heard the rumors. Uh, best in the world, Darby Allen's mentioning it. KO Maybe's already a cookie monster. All that kind of build. You got to have him wrestle. Like, you can't. <laughs> like, hey, he's just on commentary, guys. Yeah, we're just kidding, guys. Yeah, that would, that would be that would be rough. So, no, he. I agree. He has to come in as a wrestler. I do hope it's Renee Paquette because she's great. How I think it would be a very cool dynamic to have her, JR, and Tony Schiavone all together. And, Marcus, I didn't get to mention this last week either. You know, I don't think you can devalue the relationship, the friendship that uh, Renee and CM Punk have together. You know, and say that, hey, that might not have been that might have been a pretty big incentive for CM Punk to get in the AEW mix was Renee, you know, being being, you know, obviously the wife of John Moxley and stuff like that. And like having those relationships with other stars in there. So I think I don't think that relationship can really go understated because I think maybe that had a pretty good factor in Punk maybe being like, hey, I could see myself in AEW. Renee likes it. You know, when her hit it off on um, backstage, WWE backstage and stuff like that see that playing a kind of a factor into all this yeah um i could i could absolutely see that um and you know it not to mention like a lot of these wwe wrestlers or former wwe wrestlers uh, most of them feel like they were mistreated by wwe they didn't get the kind of creative license that they deserve and i think that Ray, renee paquette's kind of like top of the list where it's like she didn't get a fair shake at commentary at all at all 
at all. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm thrilled to see her come in. Uh, ho- hopefully, I hope that that's what's happening. Um, you know how I feel about Excalibur. I'm not a huge fan of his, anyways. So I'm like, yeah, let's get let's get him off the main program and get well, somebody. Say, I want to say this though too. If mm-hmm. you do watch episodes of uh, Dark with him and Taz, they're great together. And 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 so maybe it's it's just a personality fit, and I'm gonna say it probably is because I think that Excalibur he's got a good voice for it, and he's got like a good uh, knowledge. He's got like a Mike Tanay esque knowledge, but like I think that you need to have him with somebody like a Taz who's got this really strong like borderline overbearing personality, as opposed to somebody like a Shivani and a Jim Ross who are both used to being uh who are both used to just being lead announcer. Yeah, I think they're. I think that's the combo you want, and I think. If you if people tuned into dark, they would see that where it's just like him and Taz really riff and have a great time, and it's an entertaining stuff going on. Taz is so good on commentary, he's so and, good on and Taz would sell it right when he's shouting Pope yeah. Suicida as opposed <laughs> to Jim Ross, who just like gets annoyed and you can hear he's annoyed. <laughs> I love that. I love red ass JR, man. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, forgot to mention this, then we'll close it out. Dan Lambert says he's gonna bring in somebody. He's going to bring in some help. I mentioned Dan Lambert before. He's been on MLW, America's Top Team kind of thing. Uh, one of his boys is not in Filthy Tom Lawler, Marcus. Uh, could we see Filthy Tom in AEW? Uh, well, as we have been discussing, it's been like the overarching theme of the entire thing. Like, uh, you, there's only so many roster spots. So I like Tom Lawler. It's just like, okay, if you were to bring him in, you know, this is a cool short-term plan. What's the long-term? Yeah, what's the long-term? I will say Tom Lawler is a focus on New Japan Strong. Obviously, Lance Archer uh, defending uh, his United States Championship against Tanahashi. Um, maybe you could have a little bit of, like, a crossover there. Just a, you know, it doesn't have to be something permanent, but, like, Tom Lawler fucking, I love Tom Lawler. Tom Lawler's awesome. Like, so damn good in MLW and everything like that. So uh, I would be all for that. Two of my favorite guys are actually probably Lance Archer and Filthy Tom. So yeah, I don't hate it, you know, especially as a one-off. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Marcus, it's that time. What is your Marcus Meltzer rating for this show? You know, it was a pretty decent program. Um, not a ton of holes in it. Um, it, it nothing that really blew my socks off, aside from Hoovy. Um, and the main event, by the way, the main event was uh, it was it was strong. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, and give this one a solid. 6.8 dumb. All right. That's good, pretty good. I can't argue that, man. You know? Uh, what are other people saying here on air? 7.5, Nesha gives it. All right. Nesha and I are pretty close. Yes. Yes. Um, oh, DJ gives it a 7.3. MVP, Hoovy. Marcus, who's your MVP? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm tempted to say Alistair Black just because it feels like, uh, you know, this star is something big, but it's got to be Hoovy dumb. I mean, Hoovy uh, just entertaining, brought back a, an era of wrestling that I really loved. Um, so it's uh, it was really cool to see him. Breath of fresh air. Yeah, I'm with you, Hoovy, my MVP too. Across the board. <laughs> Unanimous. Did they have the best match? Nope. Uh, you know, did they have some flaws? Uh, some maybe a little chemistry issue at the at the start. You bet your ass. But they pull it together. I uh, want up being a pretty good match. Hell, that's what pros do, man. And both Jericho and Hoover are it. So I I loved it. It was such a cool thing, and I was still buzzing after it was all said and done. It was just like, damn, Hoover's back against Chris Jericho. How can you beat that? 
Oh man, it was tremendous. And something that you and I talked about a while ago, you know, I'm like, Hey, who is out there, you know, and yeah, I think he's still great. pretty active. Uh, by the way, he wound up cutting a promo uh, like last week where he was like in a park or something. I want to yeah. say this is like uh, ahead of time. Um, and he cut a great promo. Yeah. So it's like, he's good. He's good on the mic. Uh, he's got a great look. He's good in the ring. It's like, just, I say, bring him in. Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah. If you bring him back, like, I don't think that's the last we're going to see. Hoobie hey, inaugural AEW Cruiserweight champion. Who and two Guerrero. You know what? He could, he should be in the bracket, Marcus. I, I know he should it. win if he's in the bracket. Oh my goodness. That would be something. Mm-hmm. You know what? He would be a great, it would be a great story to tell with him going up against um i'm trying to think of who would make a good going up against like a jungle boy hey and and i say in the first round have like hooventude versus a mystery opponent chris jericho let's do it again and who he goes over that would be pretty sweet yep but you guys like imagine him mixing up with some of the cruiserweights like in aw like oh younger guy like sammy guevara fuck man how about ray phoenix ray phoenix damn just uh, the list can go on, man. There's uh, your boy Matt Seidel. Oh, him and Matt Seidel. There's there's your final in the bracket. There's your final, huh? Yep. Man, a lot of people saying Black Black came off as a total badass at the end. Love with the whole match from the entrance to the air. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the entrance. That was good shit. Yeah, it was. Uh, it looked like he crawled out of hell or whatever at the start. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, they need to further that, though, and have like the flame shoot up out of like a hole or whatever, and then the flames die down, and then he climbs up out. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I love his fucking entrance to NXT, so something like that is, yeah. Oh. Oh. Third man. Dumb. Uh-oh. What's the... Oh, the air... The, <laughs> oh, man. Hogan, brother. <laughs> but what side is it on? The humidifier. Dehumidifier, you go straight to hell. <laughs> That's the new world organization of humidifiers, brother. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Yep. Steven says time for the AW start a cruiserweight division. Imagine no versus Hooventude. Hot damn. Ooh, man. That would yeah. be something. Uh, and Nesha says the Bucks need a stylist. They lost their swag again. They look like they were wearing adult onesies. Uh, I know that they weren't because I saw I saw that it was a shirt, but they, it matched up well where it looked like onesies. They had a lot of Easter eggs in that too. Bollywood Boys, obviously CM Punk. Um, who was the other one? There's another third big one that was in there too. Oh, Ric Flair, fucking Doc Callis wearing the Ric Flair robe. <laughs> a lot of Easter eggs going in that. Interesting time to be a wrestling fan. Marcus, how do they follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo on Twitter. You can follow this podcast, Two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude, at Two, the number Two Dynamite Dudes. Uh, Dominic, how do they follow you? How do they follow WrestleZone? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. You can go to WrestleZone.com for all your wrestling news needs. And, hey, check out my feature on Bobby Eaton. Uh, Wrote it today. and uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I wrote it yesterday, actually. It was published today. But uh, give it a read. Uh, like somebody, Marcus talked about it. Like WCW, we're on the tail end. Like, well, not the tail end, but we were, you know, Bobby Eaton at that point was a guy putting over Goldberg and, and like just a talent, like a lower mid card talent at that juncture. But like, so my knowledge of Bobby Eaton was not that good. But hearing about him through other, through people that have been in the business, people that, you know, grew up watching the, the him in his heyday with the Mid, Midnight Express and the both variants and, 
you know, even that singles competition stuff with Flair. Uh, man, I, you know, and just him being such a nice guy, I had to write about him and, and like just tip the cap to him because it's somebody he epitomizes what's all of that is great about wrestling, you know, uh, like the pure, like on a business based on car and artists separating uh, the consumer from the cash, Bobby Eaton was somebody that, you know, was true blue. And so, uh, it was really nice to write about him. So give that a read. That's up on WrestleZone.com right now. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to read Dominic's article yet, but I can tell you that, you know, Dominic, especially when it comes to something like this where it's, a you know, a wrestler that he's got a great deal of respect for, when he writes these editorials, I mean, he he puts his heart into everything, you know, that he that he writes. Uh, but these editorials really come off with a lot of a lot of heart. So I'm anxious to read it. I know that Dominic uh, nailed it and did Bobby justice in it. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, it's like I feel bad. I don't know. I am not familiar as much with his work and like it's you see all the work that he's done and like the clips that get shared like damn this guy was a worker and like you can see he's just universally loved across the board in wrestling kevin so, kevin nash on on instagram made a kind of like a light-hearted comment about him he was like you know like if you're on the road and you needed anything bobby had it he could help you with it like he was like if you lost your button he would have a matching button yeah. And he would sew it on for you. <laughs> he was just, just like a genuine good dude. Honestly, wanted to help the the younger guys in the business uh, after him, and he did. You know, and that's why everybody sings his praises today. He was like one of those guys who didn't have to go out of his way to help. He was an established tag team star, had made all the money, uh, but he was still going out of his way to be a good person and help these younger guys to uh, to achieve. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, please give that a read. Uh, R.I.P. to Bob Eaton. Um, also, we have, I did set up a new feed too, a separate feed for this podcast in specific. Uh, if you can, subscribe to that feed too. Write us a review on iTunes or something. Uh, that would be nice. Get the word out about the two Dynamite Dudes because, you know, I want to, I think it's just a good way to get a gauge of numbers and, and try to build this audience up further because I really like what Marcus and I do on this show. It's so much fun interacting with all you guys too. And um, so, you know, get the word out about it. So Yeah, guys, you know, as always, thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, we, we do look forward to doing this. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week about more Dynamite. And uh, hopefully Dominic and I will have some news from the uh, the live Rampage. Yes, yes. That'll be fun to fun to reflect back on and stuff after it's all said and done. Marty, so we will have to try to figure out a way to cover both shows. Maybe, but, you know, that we've been doing it on the weekend more so now. It might be a little bit more plausible how we're handling it. Yeah, we'll see. You know, it's uh, like I said, Dom, it's time is tight right now. We'll we'll see how things play out. Yeah, right. For sure. But yeah, thanks, Nesha. Thanks, DJ. Thanks, Steven. Thanks. Uh, oh, who else was on here today? Marcus, there's there a good amount of folks. Yeah, I mean, we had a, we had TR. a good amount of people in here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, TR, great talking to you as well. You know, great talking to all you guys. Uh, it's always cool to see fresh faces in here, mm -hmm. but always good to see, like, you know, it's our, our usual crowd. Uh, so welcome. love talking to you guys. Feel free to drop us a line on on Twitter. Um, you know, we will respond. We will address it on the show. If you've got a show specific question, even if not, we'll probably address it. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, uh, please, you know, keep, let's keep this ball rolling. We have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, you know what? We'll see you next week. Rampage, come to Pittsburgh, baby. We'll be there, Steel City. Woo! <laughs> All right, guys. We are two dynamite dudes with attitude. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Everybody says you're so mad.